Welcome to the Lifting Lessons at Lunch, hosted by Calvary Baptist Church of Statham, Georgia. My name is Matt Dibler, and I have the great privilege of pastoring Calvary Baptist Church. This podcast can be heard every Monday through Friday at 12 o'clock. And now, here is our speaker for today. Hello and welcome to today's Lifting Lesson at Lunch. We're so thankful for this opportunity to come together around the Word of God. I encourage you to take your Bible and join me in the book of Philippians. The book of Philippians, today we are starting chapter number 2. Philippians chapter number 2. I believe that it's taken us about two weeks to get through chapter 1. That may be right, maybe 3. I can't quite remember. But it's taken us a while to get through chapter 1. We've been taking it just verse by verse. Uh, We have found kind of the sweet spot is around two verses each lifting lesson, and that gives us a a good uh, time frame uh, to get it done within around 10 to 11 minutes. And uh, so we're just excited for today. We're going to be looking at verses 1 and 2. And uh, before I read the verses, I want to give you just a little bit of context. Of course, uh, in Philippians chapter 1, we see that Paul, he is uh, admonishing the church at Philippi that no matter their circumstances, of course, we know that they were in great trial and tribulation. They were suffering. They were being persecuted because of their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And no, and no matter their circumstances, they can have joy if they have the single mind. This single mind, of course, is that single focus, that single purpose, which is illustrated in verse uh, 21, for me to live as Christ and to die as gain. And so no matter the circumstances of this life, if we live for the Lord, and that is where our hope and our joy is found, nothing that happens can steal our joy away. So today, and beginning here in chapter number two, we're going to be looking at the second thief of our joy. First thief is circumstances, but the second thief that Paul outlines here in chapter two is the thief of people. People. Now I tell you, sometimes... They are just those people that they are so negative. You walk outside and you say, what a beautiful day. And you know what they say? There's a cloud in the sky. It's not that pretty. They're just negative. And those people can steal our joy away. Maybe they do something to you or say something and it steals your joy. Paul here, he's saying how we can overcome the thief of joy, which are people And we do it by having the submissive mind. Chapter 1, we see the single mind. Chapter 2, we see the submissive mind. All throughout chapter 2, we see examples of the humbling of people. And I I wish I could go into it. We're going to get into it later. But for sake of time, if you were to read through it, you'd see examples of, of the humility shown, especially by Jesus Christ. But today, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. Today, we're going to be looking at verses 1 and 2, where the Bible says, If there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies, fulfill ye my joy that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Today I've entitled the lifting lesson, Begging for Unity. Begging for Unity. Paul, he, he in these two verses, he is saying, let you be unified. Let us be unified. He desired that they are unified around Jesus Christ. In these two verses, Paul, he gives us four motivations 
to the four missions of the believer. So first, let's look at the reasons that we should be motivated to be united. Number one, we see consolation in Christ. If there be therefore any consolation in Christ. And what you'll notice is he uses the word if. If there be, if there be, if any. What this doesn't mean is there's an uncertainty about it. That's, that's where my mind first went. And it might have been where your mind first went is that there, there is an uncertainty about it. But rather, it is a certain fact. Really, it could be said, since there is. Because there is. So when we read the word if, it is saying since. Because this is a fact, this is the result. So look, he says, if there be, since there is, consolation in Christ. What does this mean? Consolation is a very similar word to the word comforter. We know based on John 14 that the Holy Spirit is our comforter. Jesus says that I will go, but when I go, I will send somebody that will comfort you. And his name is the comforter. And that's who Paul is speaking of. And we also know that the Lord Jesus Christ, he is called the consolation of Israel in Luke chapter 2, verse 25. So we see both a reference to the Holy Spirit and of Jesus Christ in this one word, consolation. So really what Paul is saying is since there is comfort from the Spirit and since there is comfort from Christ. The second motivation we see is that if there, if any comfort of love. So since there is this comfort of love. John Phillips once said, Paul was appealing to his friends to keep, the four, uh, to, keep to the four the comforting, consoling power of the Lord. Jesus and the stimulating power of love. The Philippians would bring to Paul's heart if they availed themselves of this power and settled their disputes. Paul, he is showing here the source of their joy, the source of their love. He, look, notice he says, If there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, he is showing the source of this comforting love, and it is Jesus Christ. These two phrases work together. But not only do we see that, we see the fellowship of the Spirit. If any fellowship of the Spirit. The word fellowship carries the idea of that which is common between two or more. And now you know that all that are saved, we have a fellowship together. Why? Because of the Spirit. We are all saved by one Spirit. There's not some saved a part of this Spirit, some saved and being a part of this. No, we are all saved by the Holy Spirit. If we are to be unified, it will take the power of the Holy Ghost. If we as a church are going to be unified, we must be unified under the main tenet, which is Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. Commentator once said that as pagans meant literally those who were of one village and drank of one fountain, how much greater is the union which conjoins those who drink of the same Spirit? 1 Corinthians 12, 13 says, For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one Spirit. There is only one Spirit, there's only one fellowship that we have for the believers, and that is the Holy Spirit. We have been adopted by Jesus Christ. We are all part of the family of God. There's only one family. There's only one group of people in the family of God, and it is the saved. And so we see he speaks of this fellowship of the Spirit. 
But notice not only that, the fourth motivation is the bowels and mercies. So resulting from the previous three things, if there be any tender compassion for me from the innermost parts. That's what Paul is saying. The bowels, that talks about the heart. As deep and as innermost part of our being, if there be any of these things, the consolation in Christ, the comfort of love, the fellowship of the Spirit, he says, and, and bowels of mercy as deep as inside of you as it gets. He says, if there is any affectionate bond by which you are united to me in any regard for my sorrows and any desire to fill up my joys. He gives us these four motiv- motivations. Four motivations to stay united, to stay unified. So we see Paul's mention of the four motivations, but we also see in verse 2 Paul's mention of our fourfold mission. Our fourfold mission. Because of the four motivations we, we have, we should desire and strive to complete the fourfold mission. What is this fourfold mission? It is to be like minded, to be of the same love, to be of one accord, and to be of one mind. Let's look at these. To be like minded, it means to think the same. Paul, he's admonishing the church at Philippi to think the same thing. Perfect unity of sentiment, opinion, and plan. It may be so far as to prevent discord, schism, contention, and strife in the church, and so that Christians may be harmonious in promoting the same great work the salvation of souls. We should love the same things that God loves. And by doing that, if we all love the same things that God loves, then we will all love the same things. We will think the same. Not only are we to be like-minded, but we're also to be of the same love. 1 Corinthians 1.10 says, Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that ye all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, but that ye be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. God desires that we love him and one another to complete the task of spreading the gospel. That is our main goal, our main focus. And in order to fulfill that, in order to to do our job correctly, we must be like-minded. We must be of the same love. We must love the same things that our brethren, brothers and sisters in Christ love. We're to be of one accord perfectly agreed and laboring to promote the honor of your master. It really has the idea of two souls coming together. Our souls, my soul and your soul, as Christians, as believers, should come together, be unified to get the same job done. Paul, he's saying that when when things like this are not taking place, when there is divisions among you, then obviously the love People are loving different things. But when there's unity in the body, it's because we are loving the same thing and we're loving the same person, which is Jesus Christ. Lastly, he says to be of one mind. This is the idea of rejoicing together and weeping together. I'm reminded of the verse, bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill ye the law of Christ. Aren't you thankful for a church like Calvary Baptist Church that bears one another's burdens? I saw on Facebook today one of our members posting to pray for, uh, for somebody that was in the hospital. And, and I saw the comments of our church members that were saying they were praying. That, that's a great unity that we have in our church, and we must guard that. And we weep with one another, and we also rejoice with one another. That is what Paul is saying here. 
he says to be like-minded, to be of the same love, to be of one accord, and to be of one mind. In our lives, there will be people that will hurt us. But our joy is not based on them or what they do. We must stay focused on what Christ has done and what we have access to because of his work on Calvary. We can be a unified church, not because of ourselves, but because of the fellowship that we have with the Spirit. Because we can be like-minded through Christ. We can have the same love through Christ. We can have that one mind through Christ. We must love the same thing that Christ loves. And that's his church. And we ought to love Christ. God, he is exhorting us that we should have the submissive mind one to another. I, I was just sitting here thinking, and it was kind of humorous, but I looked up a quote I had remember hearing, and you'll probably remember it. You'll probably know who says it once I start. Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. JFK said that. And I'm relating this, of course, to this passage into the, to the church. We shouldn't come into the church expecting others to serve us. We should have the submissive mind to stay unified one with another and to serve others. Even Jesus Christ, for the Son of Man, came not to be to minister, but to be ministered unto. Or not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. That was the goal of Jesus Christ, and we ought to have the same mind as Jesus Christ. Today, I encourage you to seek to serve others and stay unified through the Holy Spirit. I pray that you have a great rest of your day, and I look forward to being with you again in the future. I encourage you to read through the book of Philippians with us. Read through chapter number two in preparation for our next lifting lesson. We, have a, uh, we pray you have a great rest of your day and a great rest of your week.